It's Tuesday, November 27th, 2018, and you're listening to episode 501 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is one hour and two minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. And on his best behavior, this is Brodor. For now. I'll buy that when I see it. This <laughs> and, is Wayne. And my name's Chad. <laughs> All right. So we have a parcel package, <laughs> yeah. since we can't say the other word around Brodor. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was sent to us. If you don't know what we're getting at, tough. Yeah. So Go watch the movie seven and just make all your jokes from there. So we have an item that was sent to us by a listener. Yes. Chad, would you like to explain what it is? So I'm going to show you guys. And then there's a letter here. And Dan, because you have the bedroom voice and I have the horrible voice, you are going you to shut your horse mouth. You do not have a horrible voice. You're right. I'm a beautiful man. I'm going to give Dan the letter to read. But this is what a listener sent us. Now, what do you guys see? I'm going to read this letter, oh, all right? God, I love bourbon. So, so bear with me, because... And coasters? This letter is going to be nice. worth the read. Chad and I... Dwayne and uh, Brodor are getting this raw, but Chad oh, and I discussed this before the, the show. that's the most amazing laser-cut Fear the Boot coasters? No, no, no. Yeah. Wait, Brodor. I'm just going to go ahead and read it. No more setup. To Dan, Chad, Wayne, and Mike Brodor. Greetings. Please accept this gift as a small token of appreciation for the untold hours of entertainment and thoughtful discussion I have enjoyed through the Fear of the Boot podcast. I would also like to express my gratitude for how you're so gracious with your time when we met at a D&D trivia night for charity back in 2015 when Dan and Wayne even took the time to sign my copy of Sojourn. There's a little bit of a story behind the bourbon. That's what's in the box. Is there's mm-hmm. a bottle of bourbon. And there are four coasters that have the Fear the Boot logo etched in them. All right, so continue with the letter. Every year, a few members of my squadron, known as the Hellhounds, visit the Woodford Reserve Distillery in Versailles, Kentucky, for a tasting. They choose two barrels to be blended for a unique small-batch flavor. Each member of the squadron is given the opportunity to purchase a very limited number of bottles, and I would like to share mine with you. If bourbon is your thing, I hope you enjoy it responsibly. <laughs> responsibly, <laughs> no, he, brother. He, he put that in there. That was not me <laughs> making fun of anyone. He put that in there. The coasters are laser engraved and finished by hand. I hope you have as much fun uh, keeping condensation off your tables I did making them. Apologies if they end up cluttering one of the vacant rooms in Dan's vast mansion. (laughs) That won't be a problem in a matter of days. Um, Please send my warmest regards to Brodor. I miss hearing him on the show, which is why we time this one on a Thursday instead of a Tuesday so we get Brodor. But I understand that his work schedule makes it difficult. I'm quitting that job. (laughs) Until we meet again, Josiah, and then he put his address and I'm not going to dox him. So... Josiah, I don't even know how to thank you for this. I am assuming by the mention of squadron in here that you are a military veteran. So I believe that he is still active duty in the Air Force, if I am not mistaken. Yeah. So, okay. So So his grandparents-in-law and Josiah, correct me if I'm wrong, live on right now, live on my street. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here, here's the thing. Air Force squadrons, I know, have their traditions, or military in general, have their traditions. 
And these are things that because of the things that they have shared in their service, whatever form that service took and wherever it occurred, that just kind of reflect the bonds that they as families share that the people on the outside don't quite get because they weren't part of it. Right. I won't pretend to know everything that Josiah and his squadron have been through, but I would like to start by thanking Josiah and his squadron and all of our active and former military for their service to this country or to we are an internationally consumed podcast or whatever country you have served. I'd like to thank you for the sacrifice that you made in that. But Josiah, I want you to know that when we drink this, we do so with the utmost respect because there have been a variety of things that people have gifted to us over the years. And I have been humbled by all of them. But this is the first one we have received where I, and I'm saying this legitimately, I almost don't know that I deserve to drink this. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's, to a, you there's guys? a sense of unworthiness. Yeah, I totally that, get it. Because it's like, all right, so now, having said that, we are not going to not drink this, one, because it's a good bourbon, and two, because when somebody invites you to be a part of their family, you do not respectfully say no. There is no way to mm-hmm. say no. You say yes with gratitude, with dignity, with honor, and with the same attitude with which that gift was given. So, Josiah, to you and to your squadron, best of luck, Godspeed, and God bless, and thank you so much for what you have just given us, because the things that you have done and the what you are sharing with us right now is, to me, far more important than us jacking around on the mics and talking about role-playing games. Amen. So thank you so much. So cheers, cheers to... So thank you so much for this. Brodor, you're the expert here. I wouldn't go so far as to say expert. Just gosh. <laughs> <sighs> Definitely clears the scientists. Oh, God, it's got wonderful mouthfeel. It's got wonderful yep. burn. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's got that burn. So I say <sighs> put... Not going to give this to my uh, next girlfriend because it'll put hair on your chest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah. fantastic. Now, as some listeners here, I am the only one here who has put ice in their bourbon, and Brodor looked like he was about to rip my throat out. Right. So I will explain. I know the philosophy and the add a splash of water and the how like, it, I get it. it unlocks and just don't, the flavor. Yeah. And and you know what? I'm, I don't need my cheese room temperature either. I'm going to tell you. Oh, they they even special labeled it. Yes, I don't know if you guys saw that. This is not the something. Yeah. yeah, so this yeah. this is not something you can buy in a store. So it's in a Woodford Reserve Distiller Seek, uh, Select. Excuse me, not Secret Distiller Select uh, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey Bottle. But it has a special label on it. There's a uh, special mark across the bottom of the the bottle that says personally selected by, uh, and then it says Hellhound Select 2018, and then it has the uh, date on there of august 26th of 2018 so all right so once again thank you very much uh we will be sipping this throughout the podcast and josiah as more than others of us yeah i i've got i've got something else and the bourbon's going to stay involved 
because I, we got a negative episode since we got Brodor here. But that's not going to be this episode because this is for the regular feed. Yeah, in so fact, we had to mm, kill the first take of this episode. Yeah. So I, Brodor was negative. I, okay, it up. okay. I, you know. No, stop. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to say anything bad. I'm on my best behavior, I swear. There is something about being in this room and being mm-hmm. on this mic that I just want to... I just want to blossom. Right. <laughs> so, God, speaking of speaking of Here blossom, how f***ing hot is six now? I, I just need to know. That was a question, not a statement of fact. I don't what? know what. The what? actress that played six on Blossom, I always had a thing for her. I didn't watch Blossom. What? I didn't watch Blossom either. I mean, Blossom's kind of hot now, too, but in a weird sort of, you know, neuroscientist hot way. But anyway, I know I've killed the mood. <laughs> Yeah, I think you did. Uh, Congratulations. <laughs> and we expect nothing else. So, all right, role-playing games. We are going to talk games here. There is going to be a negative episode, so if you are on the Patreon at the $5 level, probably by the time you hear this, you will have already gotten, because I usually drop the negative episodes like immediately after recording, so you'll have probably already gotten a negative episode with Brodor. If not, then you'll be getting it like a day or two after. So you'll be getting a negative episode real soon here. Before we begin, I'd also like to uh, do a shout out to David. This gentleman was on, is on our Discord channel, which we have an FTB Discord channel. We had to change the name of it, by the way, because we kept getting people who had come to our channel because it's Fear the Boot, asking us how to DDoS other people. If they gave us an IP, what? how yeah. would... Yeah, how I saw that out wh- there. Hold on, I need this explained. What is what is DDoS? Is a distributed yeah. denial of service. Right, attack. I know it's what a it... hacking attack that they want us because they don't understand what we are to boot people off of games yeah. oh. or off of other channels. So they thought off. we were a hit squad. We they thought we were an internet hacker hit okay, squad to, booting people to off explain of that to because we were fear the, the boot. boot. Okay, so to explain that to anyone who's listening is not all technically savvy. A, a DDoS or a distributed denial of, of service is when you basically take someone's internet connection and you shove a bunch of garbage traffic right. down it such that it no longer functions and it kicks them offline or they can't play whatever game or whatever is going on. And apparently people thought that we were like a hacking collective that just did that for SNG right. be based on the name. And that's obviously not so we what had to we change, do. We changed the name to FTB. All the links are still the same. Discord's still there. Nothing's gone. We just changed. And the I'll, I'll server, link in so. the show notes if you want to talk about role playing games or ask us to DDoS someone, which we <laughs> will ban you. I mean, it's cool. So but, I, I ban everyone that comes through that does that. So. Yeah. So we won't do it, but I mean, you can ask. Yeah. So so uh, anyway, this gentleman David, he gets on our Discord and he was saying that he found us in the weirdest way. He's not a role player. Does not play tabletop role-playing games. Never played a tabletop role-playing game. He goes, apparently he goes running, does jogging, that sort of thing. And he's going through iTunes, flipping through, and looking for podcasts, and stumbles upon Fear the Boot. And there are a couple people who have this story of, what the hell is this Fear the Boot? What is this? Click, starts, you know, downloads some, goes on his run. Loves the show. Thank you very much, David. That's fantastic. Not only does he love the show... It took him several episodes to kind of understand what the inference of, of a role-playing game, what even is this? Yeah, he didn't uh, even know what an RPG was. Right. And it's like, okay, well, this is not video games. It's okay. And then, he gets it. and then when he gets it, he starts looking into it. And then we're talking about it. He's like, God damn, I want to play some role-playing games. That is not a real story. Are you serious? Yeah. Then, because he doesn't have a group, never played a role-playing game before, he gets together a group. None of his friends play. 
He's like, well, we need a GM. F*** it. I'm the GM. This guy's my hero. Oh, yeah. and wait, there's more. Then. Okay, I mean, Josiah's my hero, but right. this guy's pretty great. <laughs> then he struggles, right? You know, first time GM, first time gamer. Hell, the whole podcast is about that. Has issues. Starts working through them. Gets better. Keeps going. Starts a podcast called Next Generation Game Masters Podcast. GM advice for GM. Yeah, so if you want to check that out, I will, I mean, I can't explain his whole story, but I will link at least to his show in the show notes. But folks, I mean, to me, look, I don't think it's anyone's responsibility, quote unquote, to proselytize the hobby. But for me personally, if you found something great and it's not limited supply, which role-playing isn't, why would you not want to share it with people? You know, why would you not want to go out and tell people? And so I love it when I find out that anything that we have done inspires other people to give this hobby a try. And so I am, it's, it's awesome to hear that story. And not only did he go out from the ground up and learn role-playing, and he's now actually homebrewing something. He has his own game, his own setting and such, and uh, is running for a group of people and is now even doing his own podcast on it. This is badass stuff. So I'm going to link this in the show notes. Go out there and show this guy some love. And I don't know. Like I said, I don't think anyone is responsible for proselytizing the hobby, but it always warms my heart when people do. So go forth and do that. Thank you, David. We appreciate that. Thank you. It's an amazing story. Yes. An absolutely amazing story. I mean, first of all, we don't have many people among the tribe that are runners, right? Right. People that actually go out and exercise for the fun of it. Mm -hmm. But then to find the podcast just on a lark, start listening to it, enjoy it, and then get into gaming and then do your own advice podcast on top of it. That's am- that's the kind of dude who's going to take yeah. my job. I'm really curious. <laughs> we hope. Amazing. God, does he live yeah. in Missouri? Yeah. Can he, can he come over now? Well, can he right here? <laughs> right. And not. A, and he didn't ask us to DDoS anyone. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm really curious what episode it was. What was that first episode yeah. that caught him? I don't know. Maybe we'll do a crossover with him. And I think that is a yeah. wonderful. Maybe idea. we'll do. We'll find out where he is. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a crossover I with him or something yeah. like that. So, all right, let's let's get to some gaming advice so, here. So, I'm going to interrupt you one more time. God damn it. All right, go know, on. Right? So, You're there, like the G-rated Brodor of this show. <laughs> I try. I'm the Bambi. <laughs> you are. I'm going to shoot your mom. <laughs> <laughs> go on. to do a bonus episode about how there's a theory going around my work that my mother is an international assassin. Ooh. The, the, well, I think there's an even stranger theory at work, which is, and this would be like fairly offensive if it came from anyone other than who it came from, but we work in an IT department, so there's a lot of people that are there from India, and they got together, well, a group of them got together, and just all determined mm-hmm. that Chad looks exactly like Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> I don't look anything you, you like do, Mahatma Gandhi. You, you, you do not, because Mahatma Gandhi did not have a gun. Look, I, well, I, right. I just I mean, your diapers are similar, <laughs> right. but that's just a kink. I just want to put it to you this way. If there was like a group of Americans in India, and we all got together to, and went up to one of the Indians and said, Hey, you look like George Washington. You look like George Washington. You would kind of expect us to be the authority on that, right? right. So, I mean, we've right. seen a picture or two of George Washington in our time. 
And so that's the bizarre theory mm-hmm. I've heard going around work is that Chad is uh, Gandhi. Gandhi, yeah. So go on. So anyway, just real quick, uh, I want to talk about Eric on Gamer's Table. Okay. Gamer's Table. Gamers, no, Gamer's oh, Table. Yeah, we bought the tea. We bought the tea. Gamer's mm-hmm. Table. I, I explained love- that to Dawn, and she just gave me this look, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they even book. changed yeah, obscurity. <laughs> they even went through and changed like their Twitter handle yeah. and everything else. They actually capitalized the T. Damn well they should. So anyway, we paid uh, good money for that. Go on. Eric is doing a show that I jumped on on Twitch, not recorded wise. I jumped on the chat and was giving him some advice. It's about this game that he's running, and he's, it's like his prep work. He's setting up for. It. Now, I'm the guy who doesn't listen to podcasts or anything, and I found it very entertaining. I liked it, and it was neat because he was doing it on Twitch, and you could interact with him, and he was interacting in the chat, responding to people and such. But it is called Luncheon Crawl, because instead of Dungeon Crawl, because he does it at lunchtime. That's clever. Yeah, that's clever. Hey, all right, if you give me a link. Mild, it was mildly amazing. If you give me Since a link to that, I will put it in the show notes. I don't have a link to that. So if I you give me a link to that, you got until this time next week. Well, yeah. so what is amazing is that because Fear the Boot, Dan, bought the tea mm-hmm. on Gamer's Table, mm-hmm. I get access to his Discord all-access channels, even though I didn't spend a dime on it. So I... He gets Chad. all the pornography. Yeah, and because <laughs> I named my my user FTB Chad, mm-hmm. Eric was like, "Oh yeah, well you threw us some money, so you get all access." And boom, 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 and so that. I backed their second season too. Mm-hmm. I think I sponsored on behalf of uh, Junior's Hair Club for Men. <laughs> Excellent. I am a chud, and I have not backed them. But what I will mm-hmm. say, and he's not here, and unless I'm really, really drunk, I don't say nice things about people unless they're not in the room. I love me some Eric. Eric's great. I, I do. Eric that guy, yep. he's genuine. Yes. You know, and that's that's not common. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy. He is. Great guy. Great I'm player. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean <laughs> although that's not saying much. It's, <laughs> it's true. fairly low. He's got a pulse. I am a whore. <laughs> 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 oh, okay. Seriously, I have so many hemorrhoids. My rectum looks like scree. <laughs> <laughs> Save it. <laughs> He's, he's like a pressure cooker. He's gonna I know. You just have to let Why a don't you bit let out. me talk about gaming before this? That is all I have. <laughs> you know, I see. I saw something on the this forum. This is classic FDB. We're like at 20 minutes <laughs> and still an announcement. So you know, I, it used to be 20 minutes of news and announcements yeah. and then real episodes. Sorry, Wayne. Go so on. I saw on the forums that Azria Vep came through and sent you guys some porn. You didn't get it? No, I didn't get anything. Okay, I'll forward it. So <laughs> I want to. Brodor needs some love. No, I'm cool. <laughs> you don't need to. He can, he can find you some Maryland stuff. Uh, no, I'm cool. Thank you, though. I'm all right. Well, also, we'd have to dock some because I don't think there's a Brodor at feartheboot.com. Yes. No. It, so, it's, there's a Dan, there's a yeah. Chad, and I think a Chris. Yeah, you can forward it to my personal yeah, email. I don't have to receive it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's probably. I bet he tried to send me something, but I don't have Wayne at feartheboot. So, so I might give it back to you at some point, but right now it's. Cause I, I, so wait a minute. Long story. You're giving me sh- for interrupting you. But the porn segue is totally legit. Well, no, the yeah. the, the, who okay. ha, the who has an email address <laughs> is totally legit because the show it used to be every host had an email address that we all ignored. Which because I was running, I actively used. I was running the the email through my own server, but the problem I had was, and I won't get into the boring technical details, but after two or three years of futzing with it, I could not get two things to work. One. I could not get other domains to stop treating us as spam. 
even though anyone's going to ask, if you know what this is, I set SPF, I set DKIM, I set domain keys, I set everything I could think of, and it just didn't work. And the other thing I couldn't do was stop spam from coming in. So I finally gave up and moved it to Google, and now everything works great, except Google charges us per email address. So as of right now, I believe there are only three people that have Fear the Boot email addresses, which is me and Chad, because we're the primary points of contact. And then because he does so much of our advertising and marketing and like uh, industry outreach, I think Chris has one. Uh, and, the, and then there are two like utility addresses of like no reply and publisher or something. But anyway, all right. So Charlie apparently does not approve of the Enclave as my dog just pulled my Enclave flag down. Uh, but let's get into a role-playing topic. One more thing. No. no. <laughs> I will go upstairs. I'm going to let you speak. <laughs> I don't have a gun in the room at the moment. I will go upstairs and get one. Let's get into a role-playing topic. What we're going to talk about this week is how to make it through a session when you ain't in it. All right. Now, where... You're not, you're not feeling it. When you're not feeling it. All right. So where this topic came from was we were talking at dinner about a game that Chad and Wayne were just in, where in truth, to use an old FTB trope, they probably should have gone bowling. Yes. Which, which is our way of saying, sometimes you get together and there is no obligation to game. Your friends and being mm-hmm. friends and hanging out and having fun, that's your objective. Role-playing is just an option for how to do that. Right. And so there are some nights where you get together and people aren't feeling it or they're not in the mood or everyone's had a terrible week or whatever. And it's better to just go out and right. the example we always use is go bowling. Do something else other than role play. Play video games, go get some pizza, go watch a movie, go play mini golf. Go to Hojo's. If you're in <laughs> anywhere but the U.S., go to Disco which for some reason doesn't require an article in front of it. And, you know, just do something other than role play. But that's if the majority is of that persuasion, right? You, you, you've got massive checkout or dysfunction or whatever mm-hmm. going on throughout the group. This day. So what we were talking about is what if you get together and you've got a good game going and you don't want to kill it right? or you don't want to delay it a week or you don't want to be the one person who ruins everyone else's fun. And we're going to go ahead and say that for whatever reason, you have done the math in your mind and decided that going bowling is not the right choice. You want to push forward the game. How do you, as that lone player or GM who's not quite invested in the game, still make it through that game and contribute in a productive and in addition to productive, I'm going to emphasize, yeah, non-disruptive or non-destructive way. So you hit on something I do frequently, and that's that thought process of it's been a, I'm tired, it's been a week, Mm. and I don't feel up to this, but I don't want to be the one that ends the game. I don't want to be the one to call it, so I watch for the escape patch. But in my case, I would say nine out of ten times, when I get to the game, right, and I get out of that mood because now I'm with my friends. That takes care of itself, and I get yeah. happy about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going to draw from another old Fear of the Boot inside joke, and I'll link this in the show notes for anyone who's newer to the show and did us the mercy of not listening hmm. to our back catalog of do the muscle march. And Wayne, that's what you're talking about, yeah. is sometimes you just got to say, you know what, I'm not feeling it, 
but I'm just going to exert some good old self-discipline. I'm going to muscle through this. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to do my best. I'm not feeling it. I'm in a bad mood. I'm not focused, whatever your issue is, but I am just going to muscle my way through it and just, you know, use every bit of self-discipline I've got to give it my best. I mean, look, I didn't feel like going to work this morning for a whole host of reasons. Exactly. But I damn well did. Now, uh, someone may retort, and rightfully so, but a role-playing game isn't work. <laughs> Hold up. All right, Sheboygan. Hold on one second. Sheboygan. <laughs> Hold on one second. I'm going to let you explode on that. Because you've been trying since dinner to blow up on that. <laughs> but let me just say real quick, though. I, while I believe that a role-playing game should be fun and should not be as burdensome as going to work, you are still going into this sometimes with the decision that other people have put in work for this, other people are invested in this, other people are having fun, and as I was Wayne said, once I get there, I'll probably start having fun myself so there is, I think, still a reason to say, even though I'm not feeling it now, I'm going to have the self-discipline to do it, and later I'm going to be glad that I did. Well, allow me to, to paint a specific example, because I think that a lot of people listening to this might say, well, I mean, you're, you're not running the game. You're just one player. There's a whole group. I mean, you guys are the ones who have the rule of one person's out, you still run. Yeah. Why can't you just run and just bow out for a game? Everybody has a bad day. So allow me to paint a, a very specific kind of scenario that I think that we can work our examples off of. Um, it's going to be our, our skies of glass game. We have a rule of if one person's out, we still run. And we make merciless fun of them and talk about them in Muppet yeah. voices and that sort of thing. And so they really I pay. called in sick to gaming. <laughs> <laughs> we make them pay. Yeah. So, you know, that's all fine. If I called in sick to work, I'd still be at f***ing gaming. That's right. And... <laughs> And we recorded it. And Brodor, that yeah. is the muscle march. <laughs> That's right. Brodor will show up sick, and then yeah. he will go upstairs for half the game and destroy Dan's toilet. Yeah. yeah. Carlos' but, toilet. <laughs> but I made it to the goddamn game. That's right. Okay, so in our current game, there, I'm not going to get into gaming story, because I think there's a lot to cover in this topic. But in our current game, there we are at kind of a attention point here. There's some very important decisions that need to get made, and some very important things that are about to happen. Generally, the whole group needs to be involved in the decisions and those fallout. They all need to have an opinion. Specifically, my character and Brandon's character, yeah. Gil and Poe, it directly involves them, and they're probably going to be the two who make these key decisions here. because, Or certainly pay the consequences. Or yeah, or pay the yeah. consequences. So, like, we'll just say in my case, the game comes up, and I know all of this. This is all on the table, and I just had the crappest day. Seven one emergencies at work, and I'm not feeling very good, and I've pulled in 18 hours a day for the past three days. And They put I, cilantro in your salad. That's right. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm livid. Chad hates salad, yeah. too. So. Yeah. Oh, that is the worst. So, anyway, the... Uh, but I know that situation, and it's just like, it's not going to be good for me to come to the game, and it's not going to be good for the game, or for anybody else, should I just wave it off? Well, I mean, maybe, like, we had to wave off the last game, and then the game before that was some holiday, so we had yeah. to miss that. So now, I mean, we really need to get into this game. We really need to play it. And I don't want to be the one who kills it again, 
it's not that the game is teetering, but it's opening the door for the momentum to run out and the game to yeah. end. And that I would feel if I canceled, it would all be on me. And we so always joke what do about I role do? playing being this really serious thing, but that's a real pressure. Well, it's a real pressure. Like say my Sunday group, for instance, you know, it used to be, well, we're just not going to game. That's cool. Oh, cool. I'll just relax. Well, now one of my players gets a sitter. They're spending real hard earned money to be in my game. So I take it really damn seriously when I call a game. I do not just say, well, you know, I'm just not feeling up to it. Especially if it's last minute, like day of, and we can't make it. I'm like, and that's a problem for me. All right, so Brodor, the electric fence of this is a regular episode is still up, <laughs> but you are off your leash. Okay. Go on. You were so, starting at dinner and we stopped you. So at dinner, you, I think it was you, Dan, who said that gaming is supposed to be a relaxing thing yeah. and we can do other relaxing things it's to release. And, and I about shit myself because gaming is a goddamn job. But not only is it a job, it is a labor of love. It is a thing that we are all coming together. We have dedicated time and effort, particularly on the part of the Game Master, to share a level of artistic intimacy. You have a f***ing obligation to be there and be there on time. And all the days that I feel just like eating a bullet and I don't want a f***ing game, I show up because I have a goddamn obligation to the other people that I'm going to share that imagination and intimacy with. And to just piss on it laissez-faire and say, I don't feel like f***ing going, you're an ass. Even if it would hinder the game. So here's the deal. Yeah. I mean, I think there comes a point, because like, for example, with the, with the Skies of Glass game, Brandon didn't punch out no, Lucy Goosey. Yeah, he, yeah, he was yeah. sick. And I he, didn't want him to be there because I don't want to get sick. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I'm very I, selfish. And, and, and I'm and I'm and I'm and, and I'm, I want him to get I'm, better. I'm exaggerating and yes. being hyperbolic and whatever. Yeah. You're not you're not an asshole. But for right. me, I personally believe that there is a sense of obligation sure. that you have when you sign on to play a game. And you should be there. Now, I got called into work. Mm -hmm. I'm really sick, and I'm puking my guts out, and I don't want to get the rest of the group sick. All of those things are okay, but the I'm not feeling it. As a person who suffers from mental illness, I'm not feeling it all the time. Right. But you just fucking cowboy up, and you do it. I've talked about it in the past. Every game session, when I was running, I don't feel it before I get there. I dread every session, and then I sit down at the table, and I'm on. And it's good. It and I'm is enjoying wonderful. It. But like your to your point, I feel that every session. Yeah. See, I mean, until I sit there. When I sit there, I said, "I'm good. Love it. Great hobby. Everything's great." But I'm gonna build it up in my mind until I sit there because that's how my mind works. See, I'm the opposite. I look forward to it so much that I would off everything else to come to the game. Mm. I would be willing to sacrifice a variety of other things in my personal and professional life to make sure that I made it to the game because it's that significant to me. I, I really want to be a part of that. I think another option is lower your expectations for yourself. All right, let me explain that. So, so you, you're the player you're, and you don't want to ax the game. You're the player. I mean, you could even be the GM and I'm going to talk about the GM more specifically here in a moment, but you're the player or the game master and you walk into this game and I say, okay, I'm not feeling it. But that doesn't mean I have to kill it or not show. I can show up and accept that I've got drama going in, on in my life or I've got some kind of mental illness issue I'm struggling with or I'm depressed or, or whatever the problem is, whatever it is. 
but you show up and you say, you know, I know I'm not going to make the best decisions. I may not make the best contributions, but I'm at least going to be here. And maybe I'm only running at 10%, 25% steam. And I'm not going to declare as many actions or do as much dialogue as I normally would. But I'm at least going to be present and doing something. And I think it is better for you to lower your expectations of yourself because at least you're present. And at least that does open you up to the possibility that the tide may eventually grab you. I'm guilty as charged. My uh, my friend uh, DJ, we I only get a game once a month except for the Skies of Glass game. And my buddy DJ is running a Feng Shui game on our regular. And the last game session, I was not in my right headspace. I did not do a very good job of playing my character, of being in character. Mm -hmm. And I would make the argument that I was detrimental to the game. Now, me not showing up, especially since we play at my house, would have been a much bigger problem. But that advice I should have taken. I should have taken stock of my mood. And been like, you know what? I need to be a little bit more low key, not be as passionate, not be as aggressive and just let things be and let the other people at the table play. But I still think it would have been a mistake for me to say, guys, I'm just not feeling it tonight. I don't want to do it. I've had a few occasions where I've lost my voice for one reason or another, and it's the same thing. I step back. My character is suddenly more Mm -hmm. quieter than usual, and I try to take those moments of when I'm going to say something, let's make it mean a little bit more than it would normally Yeah, because I can't do a lot of the banter. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were at dinner and Brodor nearly <laughs> himself, <laughs> and, you know, he was livid and we knew why. And, <laughs> and you're like, that's perfect. Can that save it? <laughs> that's pretty much what Put that in a jar. Waft its heady aroma when we're ready. We get back to the mics and you can call anybody who's ever canceled a game an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) And I was thinking about it because at first I I was like, because I I was the one who said I was like, yeah, you know, maybe if you're not feeling it, go to a game because, you know, that's supposed to be your relaxation. Then Broder was like, ah, it's so much work. Well, and it's such effort. At first I was like, no, I, I don't think he's right. But I've been thinking about it. Ever since dinner, I was thinking about your perspective on it. Wait, wait. I'm going to get a celebratory drink because you're about to agree with me. Kind of. In a way. So That's Chad for yes. So go ahead. My thought is, the conclusion that I came to is, gaming is not, not like work. Not like, because like you no, said, it's more you, important than work. Because you, like, <laughs> it feeds the soul. It doesn't pay my mortgage. It keeps me wanting to come back tomorrow. My thought is, a little less, as you even said, hyperbolic, <laughs> is... It's like a vacation, right? So there's two kinds of vacation. There's a vacation where you drive out and go to the beach and you lay there and you watch the pretty girls or pretty guys so and you boring. watch the waves and the and you just chill and you relax and it's wonderful. And when I say gaming is relaxing, my first thought is, well, that's that's what I mean. But that's not what I mean. That's not what I mean at all. Brodor is right. Gaming is like the other kind of vacation where you go to South America and you go trek through the jungle and you find a Mayan temple and you're going all over and you're taking pictures and you're doing stuff and it's great and it's what you've always wanted to do and you get to cross off your bucket list and you're covered in leeches and ticks and scrapes and you're tired and it was the greatest thing ever. And when you get back, you need a vacation from your vacation. Right. You always take an extra day. Uh, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Always take an extra day. Always. If it's possible, you always take one more day off after you get You you can always get another job. You tell your boss to f*** off. You take an extra day. (laughs) 
I think there's also different kinds of games too. There is the really serious game where you there is mm-hmm. more mental aspect to it. There is the game where you do a lot of prep, but then there's fun and light games. Right. So if you're playing a more comedic game, a lighter game, then maybe it is more Dude, of a release than let, let me put the the harsh counterexample on that. A con game. If I'm running a game at Fear the Con, there are people who came here specifically to play in my game, who came from all over the US, yeah. who may have come from out of country, who spent good money, and I don't know, maybe they just signed up for my game because it had open slots and they don't care, or maybe that's the highlight of their trip. I don't know. That's for them to decide. Now I feel shitty about the quality of game. <laughs> <laughs> but the no. point, brother, but the point is, the point is, you run great games and people sign up for your games. Not, yes. I don't want to say because they're because they're not. They're great games. I spend the entirety of Fear the Con listening to people talk about how epic and wonderful and crazy and off the wall and balls out your games are. You're gonna make me all... And then they talk. About... Don't you fire on the iPhone fly? <laughs> you got a muscle march. Don't man. compliment me. Dan was talking. You may you may look into that and talk about baseball. That's all you Brodor. may do. You're a pretty man. No. You're an excellent game master. I love gaming with you. So you know, this man asked Stop me. It. I hated so, it. I hated it so much. So we were playing Sog, and he was like, you know, because you know we have a hard time getting hosts now. A little, a little bit. We're getting better, but we we're kind of lost. Look at the size of these fucking shoes. They were like, nope. Yep. And so, <laughs> and so, Brodor, I think it's more like, what are in those shoes? <laughs> so you casually were asking. It's like. Hey, you know, would it be better for you guys if I like kind of arranged it to where I could be on the mics and and stuff? Because I really miss being on the mics, and but I really love this game, but I can't do both the way work right. works. And I'm like, I'm gonna be completely honest with you here, Brodor. It would be better for us if you're on the mics. I'm going to be completely selfish here and tell you to stay in the saw game because I want a game with you. I, I hate positivity. Stop it! It's making me so uncomfortable but all right well i'll just i'll just go back to neutrality (laughs) thank you (laughs) but you know look at a convention game and i think this is the concept we're talking about writ large is am i gonna look at that and say you know what i'm just not feeling it and so i'm gonna drop this game and the thousand dollars somebody spent to be here no, I mean that's now okay. Now that is writ large. Sometimes things come up. Let's yeah, yeah, we yeah. yeah. Let's that. be Sometimes fair. Let's life be fair. Is more important than gaming. Yes, and I'm not trying to lay a guilt trip on people, whether it's at a con or at home, that have to cancel a game because they're sick, because somebody in their family died. Real life is more important than a game. But the point is that someone did still put effort into this, and so I think. There is value in giving it a try. And as Wayne said, oftentimes, you know, the tide catches you or the current catches you and it does pick you up and move you along. Now, this is going to bring me into my next point. And I think this is particularly valuable advice for a GM, but is also good advice for a player, which is one of the things that I would suggest is at the start of your muscle march, tell the people at the table where you're at. Now, as, on board. as a game master in particular, because as a player, you can just kind of take a back seat. Assuming it's not like a lone wolf or two person game, you can take a little bit of a back seat and it's OK. But as a game master in particular, I will tell you right now, I have run games and some of them have been quite successful where I've sat down and said, look, guys, I want you to know I'm in this enough. There's enough one in my sales. I can sort of do this. But if you guys don't bring the energy this game is going to bomb and be boring. And But that's a hard thing to say to people. 
because suddenly you're putting an onus on them. They came for a game and two game, and then suddenly out of nowhere, they might feel that they're being asked for more. It's like, you got to bring the energy. I get what you're saying. You're completely right. You, yep. you know, it's like you have to be proactive. I need proactive players to fill in what I'm missing right now out of my tank. But you have to be careful what you say because your players might hear it as, well, I didn't really grok the fact that you're kind of on a down-tempo day, but I did hear the fact of you saying that I need to bring more energy, like what I don't normally bring energy. And I I think think it has to be careful, not... You don't have to dance around in eggshells, but just be clear in what what you're saying and why well, you're saying it. And I've seen you do this once or twice, Chad. Mm-hmm. It's ne- you've never asked anyone to step up or anything, but it's a, hey, guys, just a heads up. I had a bad on-call day yesterday. We're going to go. We're going to roll. Might end up ending a little early. We'll kind of mm-hmm. see what happens. To just at least set the stage and let yeah. us know where he's at. Yeah. yeah, And similar to that, I would say be socially aware. You can notice when another player at the table is at least there and trying, but isn't quite feeling it. Or the game master is struggling a bit, and you can help them out. In the game that I'm playing on Sundays, it's a D&D game. You're pumped all the time. You get to play Weimick. I get to play a freaking Weimick. You can play that game seven days a week. (laughs) But but my Weimick is... I I mean, I pay attention to what's going on at the table. Julia was telling me that apparently... There's someone that, that I won't name the person, but uh, Brad sits to my left, and <laughs> he's apparently more of an R-O-L-L player than an R-O-L-E player, mm-hmm. and so my Waymick is constantly trying to set him up for marriage, because he's like an unmarried nobleman, so he's trying to constantly set him up <laughs> with a proper status wife, which of course in his mind is completely misunderstood. Yeah, I just assume you were licking yourself. <laughs> it was uncomfortable. You're like, what? Am You're I like, bitch, I need to be clean. <laughs> you know, or <laughs> don't judge my culture. If if I notice that the game master's kind of struggling a bit because she's having an off week, or seems to be at least to me, you know, I mean, I don't know, but at least kind of seems to be it to me. Okay, I can have some fun with the fact that I'm playing a Waymick. I can do some things or come up with some side things. She introduced an NPC who's a young girl who's the daughter of a town's butcher. And I just decided on my own, I'm going to take her as an understudy. Now, the point is, if she brings a plot, and I'm not, I don't feel the need to disrupt that. But if things start to slow down a bit, Boom. I've created my own action and I can fill that in anywhere. You as a game master or a player can do this. You can notice the moods of the people at the table. You can pay attention to the contributions they're making or not making. And you can do things to draw them out or to involve them or to cover for them. Or let them just kind of have their down tempo. Yeah, or let them have their down tempo. I mean, it's know your party, know your people, know the group. Well, and I think part of the problem is, too, is that as a game master, you have an obligation to set expectations with the players. So, for example, there was a long time as a game master where I felt like it was my responsibility to carry the load. And to entertain the people at the table to the point I wasn't as comfortable if people were proactive gaming and wanting to do things and affect the narrative and affect the world. I was like, well, wait a minute, mother. I've been doing all of this work and now you're going to want to dick up my work. Right. It took me a long time to look at it from the other perspective and say, all right, I am doing the majority of the lifting. I'm going to do 51 percent, but you guys need to do the other 49. 
Yeah. And if you guys can't bring your 49, I can't bring my 51. That's so, just the way it's going to be. One thing I've done as a GM before, when I've noticed that there's one person that's kind of out of it at the table, sometimes I shake things up then. Do something out of the ordinary. A little pickle tail? <laughs> no. <laughs> little no, hojo? That. Little hojo? <laughs> do something to basically shake them out of it. Mm. They're in a mindset. You throw something different. We go back to our tried and true. Something blows up. Right. <laughs> because they're in a mindset. They're digging in. The yeah. same thing they always have is going not going to pull them out of it. Something different needs to happen. So something blows up, but it blows up purple. <laughs> there you go. And sometimes that works. Some, your mind gets on a track. At least my mind does. And sometimes it's hard to get it off of that track. Yeah. And you're you're going down your narrow vision and someone says, you know, purple tomato. What? Mm-hmm. Did you well, just say purple let, tomato? Okay. Right. Uh, let me talk for a minute here. Basic sales and marketing advice. And the reason this is relevant to games is because sales and marketing is all about trying to convince somebody to do something, to buy a product, right? All right. Role-playing games are a more benevolent form of the same thing. Trying to get people to buy into concepts. And have fun. And and what you're trying to get them to buy into the joint enjoyment of the moment. All right. Now, both of these are based on fundamental human psychology and sociology. All right. So there are two... Fundamental elements, if you've taken marketing or advertising 101, you've heard these. There are two fundamental elements to many pieces of marketing or advertising, which is the call to action and the sense of urgency. All right, so let me explain those two things. The call to action, you need to do or resolve X. And the sense of urgency, you have a limited amount of time to do it. Think about most infomercials you've seen. Pick up and call within the next eight minutes, and we'll throw in another ass grabber for no extra cost. Now, the truth is, they're showing this commercial at alternating time slots all over the world. They have no idea when eight minutes was. They're only telling you eight minutes because of the fact that that's to give you a sense that you have to do it now. They've told you something specific to do. Here's a phone number. And they have now given you a sense of urgency. You only have eight minutes when, in truth, you don't. You probably have weeks or months or years to do this, but they have created those two things in an attempt to drive you to make a decision or now there could even be more authentic ones of, you know what, we've taken a look at this deal and if we can get you to sign by this Saturday, you know, we'll drop so much money off the cost of your deal or something like that. I just went through things similar to this buying a house. We only have 30 left. And then 29, 29. Yeah, and, and it's possible. It's true. You look at a Kickstarter, and there's a backer level you really want in on, and maybe it really is a limited run. You know, they're only going to make 30 things that are signed copies with the custom whatever. Not if they make enough money on it. Well, well yeah. but, but the point is, you know, it's there really might be some reason to do that. All right, let's put this into gaming. So, Wayne, you talked about blowing something up. That's the call to action. If something's blown up, you have to respond to that. But now you create a sense of urgency. There's so, sirens in the background. There's sirens mm-hmm. in the background. And in the, because of the history of this game, they're probably going to blame you. Or you know the person that was in there and the cops are going to be all over the scene and you're not going to have access to it anymore. And now all of a sudden, here is a push to get this person into the action. And if they don't respond, that's okay. It's all right to test them a little bit. To see where they're at mentally. And if it doesn't grab them, back off from it. Don't 
pin them to the cross because they didn't jump at it. They're having a bad week for whatever reason, maybe a really good reason, but they at least made the effort to be there. Don't be an asshole to them. Yeah. And I think if you have multiple people in the group, you're looking around the table, it's like, okay, Chad is looks like he's down a little bit. Brodor is not being Brodor. You throw that out. Both of them, or Chad's being Brodor. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> both of them. Chad's like, look at my labia; I just got him pierced. <laughs> and Brodor's like the judgy look. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, <laughs> both of them. Both of them don't bite on it. Maybe you do need to just go bowling. Yeah, and then that's, that's well, well, right. And that's always in the background because you've tried. Let, let mm-hmm. me give an example though. What I'm just talking about without using the "let's blow something up" phrase. To the, We'd like to get on an airplane at some point in our life. Let's go back <laughs> to the. First leg of the Skies of Glass campaign when you guys were on a boat. If I notice... I'm on a boat! And my flippy floppies. Well, I I mean, the boat was small enough that you guys generally had to be in different parts of the boat. So there might be one or two of you up front, somebody in back. There was always somebody cleaning the bilge. (laughs) And I could have something like, okay, Wayne's in the back of the boat, and I've noticed that Wayne's down tempo. So I pass Wayne, and Wayne alone, a note card that says, roll me a perception check. And Wayne rolls it, and he passes it back to me. Well, now that's just fantasy. (laughs) And, well, it doesn't matter, because if you roll great, I'll tell you something. Like, you see somebody watching you from the woods. Now, your ship's moving. At some point, this is going to be out of you and unactionable. Or maybe you choose not to act on it. I've not forced you to do anything. If you're not in the mood, I've not forced you to do anything. But you've got a, a call to action and a sense of urgency to deal with this. You roll terribly, that's fine. I'll just word it terribly. Mm-hmm. I'll just say something like, you think you saw the glint, like it might be the glass of a, maybe binoculars, or maybe a scope of a rifle on the eastern bank. So I'll tell everyone listening who's never game mastered something in their life, I'm going to pull back the veil a little bit. I'm going to tell you a great game master secret. When you want to make a check of some kind, the game master playing by the total rules, is not going to cheat you, is secretly hoping you will fail. When they want you to make a check of some kind, they, not cheating, are hoping you will succeed. Because they're trying to tell their story, and they need you to succeed to tell their story. And 99% of the time, all things being equal, I play fair and above board. But when it comes to ensuring somebody's fun, or, or whatever, something that to me is more important than a rote adherence to the rules, then I can take that situation. You give me anything, and I can give you a way to phrase it yeah. where I get the result I want out of both success and the, failure. These are the tools in the Game Master's box. Now, once again, 99% of the time, success is success and failure is failure. Because otherwise, you guys know what I'm telling you has no meaning. This is where, I, I, I mean, this is a whole other episode, but that's where I just go gumshoe. Right. Mm-hmm. The the whole gumshoe system philosophy of if a piece of information is important, then just give it right. in that scenario, as opposed to having Wayne's character make the perception role. I just slip him the note mm-hmm. that this is what you see. And then sense of urgency, call to action, all of that is there. But there's no need for the dice. So, you know, the reason I, I would use the dice and this is personal philosophy. You're not wrong. I like rolling dice. Because of the you fact, them. well, because you of the fact them. that it forces the player to, to engage, it right. forces them to do yeah. something. Now you're, you so know, I get it. That, I get it. Now it's it doesn't force them to do much. Thing. All they got to do in, in Sky's Glass is pick up anywhere from two to three six-sided dice, roll them, and tell me the result. 
but they've had to do something. Right. Now, for me, it's different. It's not to force them to engage, although it kind of is, and Dan's right. It is a gauge. I am giving you the information. You are getting this information. I have to have you get the information for the story to work. But you make the role. How do you get the information? Is it garbled? Is it clear? Do you get any, sure. any extra insight? You roll a one. You're still going to get the information at the very it's minimum. Just what degree? Yeah, yeah. And, and I can you do might this. Something. And I can so, do the same thing. If if, yeah. if Wayne comes back and says I rolled an eighteen, which in Skies of Glass is a really good roll, I could say, okay, you see a guy on the far bank with a pair of binoculars and a notepad, and he seems to be taking notes as he looks at the crew members of your boat. If Wayne botches it and rolls like a four, he sees the same thing and he's like, oh, that guy's with the Audubon Society. Well, I mean, I don't think I'd do that, but I think I would I would say something more like you see a glint from the far side of the river that you're pretty sure came from an unnatural source. Mm-hmm. So I still it's a different degree of result. It's not like his role didn't matter, period. I think what but I have- still gave him something to engage if he wants to. If he, and that, that's the important thing, too. Because we're talking about... We, we did a tangent here of Game Master tools and giving the plot information. I think it's important that if you're a Game Master and your player tells you it's a down-tempo day or you get the feeling it's a down-tempo day and you want to try that, you want to try that sort of engage, urgency sort of thing, don't do it with plot-critical information. Right. Because if it's a down-tempo game for them and they make the role, and they get the plot to critical temp information, they're like, yep, yeah. they're coming to kill us. And they put it in their pocket, and they don't say anything. Well, suddenly, what you've done is you've made them the asshole. They're not an asshole. You've made them that. Right, you put them in that box. Right. One other thing you can do is make them roll dice for something else. Yeah. That's something I have done before, too, is you see some someone's you know off about it. Come up with a reason for them to roll dice. It, and it doesn't have to be a combat thing. It no. could be a, you know, a social interaction, something, something there where you might not have said roll dice normally. It's just the, to get them again picking something up, moving, and seeing yeah. you know, how the do they react. Perfect opportunity. Wayne hit on right there too. It's the perfect opportunity to get them to roll dice on things you would never have anyone roll dice on. So let's take Skies of Glass for example. The first game, we're on a boat. The boat has horses. The horses were essentially conveyances for us. There was a little bit of character stuff, but that that was it. Wayne's not feeling it today. He tells Dan, okay, so you guys are doing this thing. You guys are playing the real game. You're doing this. You're making plans. Wayne, where are you doing? Well, I'm I'm back with the horses just grooming them. Okay. Does that stuff with other people? Uh, Wayne, give me a roll of blah, blah, blah. Okay. Rolls it well. Okay. You're, you're grooming, feeding the horses, and your horse keeps nuzzling you. It's not some big reveal. But you just create a small moment for them where something memorable happens. The horse gets a closer bond to them. They learn something about the animals, the person. Not And not like, oh, this will give me a plus two in combat. It's something personable about it. You, you turn the horse into a character. The horse kind of interacts with the player. Nothing heavy, nothing long, nothing intense. And if you do it right, on their good day, when they come back, they'll remember it. And that has another facet to their character, to the world. You've just expanded the world. When everybody's playing all this secret lizard man bullshit <laughs> and all this secret note passing and everybody's doing all this stuff, well, Wayne's doing that stuff too, but now he knows his horse has a certain personality. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me do one from our, our current leg of the campaign. And 
since we're picking on him, Wayne, I'm going to use you for this. Okay. And I want, I want you to give me three different answers that kind of run the gamut of whether I'm engaging you or not. From you don't care to kind of care to why I've really got your attention. Okay. All right. So you're, you're down tempo for whatever reason, having a bad week, not feeling the energy. And the way I handle that is everyone else walks off the truck. And you're like, man, I'm staying on the truck. And I say, okay. Well, you hear some kind of moving around out back. You notice the trailer's moving a bit. And all of a sudden, Ka, the snake, <laughs> slithers up and is now the front side of him is in the RV and or the, the truck. And he's, you know, he's on the back side of it. He's not like trying to kill you, but he's just sitting there looking at you, studying you. And you have no idea what he's about to do next. All right. Give me three different reactions on the spot. I'm going to GM real briefly. Three different ways of handling your mood. And when I say your mood, I don't mean your character's mood. I mean your right. player mood. All right. So give me give me three different reactions here that run the gamut. Okay. You want me to tell you what each one's mood Sure. Just role play them out. Okay. So the first one is the, I'm just really not feeling it mood. Yeah. I go and sit in the front seat because I don't think he can get through to the front seat. I lock okay. the door. After watching you for a while, Ka seems to be either uninterested in you or simply content by the fact that you're not moving. And it seems that he simply put his head down and gone to sleep in the area between the seats. Okay. Okay. Give me a middle response. Middle response. I go to the front door. I slip out the front door and I get far away from the truck as I possibly can. Okay. As you walk away, you notice that Ka has slithered backwards because he was too big to get in the truck with the seats in there. So he has slithered backwards such that he has pulled himself out of the truck. And while you're walking away from the front of the truck, he is at the rear bumper of the truck, looking around the side, watching you walk away in a non-threatening posture. So, I'm, I'm now, so I've left that open. You can come yeah. back to him or walk, keep walking, but I, I've given you either option there. Okay. okay. Give me a third response. Third response is I'm feeling it. I freak out. I go towards the front front of the truck. I slip and fall, and I'm kind of laying there with a hand on each uh each seat and just scream somebody get this snake away from me <laughs> okay you're yelling you think somebody might have heard you i asked some other players to roll perception or something uh while you're sitting there yelling ka comes up and nice snake nice snake you don't want to eat me you he don't want to eat me actually pull grabs you by the arm and is simply pulling you backwards toward the back of the truck you're dead <laughs> no, no, I, I wouldn't kill him. I, I'd simply have Ka thinks he's in distress, and Ka's trying to help him. Mm-hmm. Ka's a tamed uh, genetic right. construct, so Ka thinks he's in distress and is trying to help him. So Ka's trying to move him. Now, and how long it takes for that to get sorted out? <laughs> but the point is, no, I would not be like, well, thank you for engaging. Now you're fucking dead. Roll a new character. <laughs> but that made your bad day. <laughs> but do you see how you take one situation and I can tailor it? I didn't have to force anything. In his first response, I gave him an out. The snake goes to sleep. It's not bothering him. You, Wayne, can go back to just wishing your life wasn't the way it was. In the middle response, I gave you something you can engage with or not engage with. In the third response, I gave you something more to keep role-playing with, and I brought, I'm brought. i ready to bring in other players to connect with you. There's ways that we can work with what that momentum is. So there's an example Right of of what I think are some different ways of me as the game master trying to meet you where you're at and figure out where you're at. So maybe I don't know where you're at. Yeah, and from my 
what I was throwing out there is options. Mm-hmm. My mindset is if I'm not engaged in it at all, I'm going to try to just, just kind of ignore it. Just, okay, yeah. I go sit down and I'm not going to interact with it at all. If it's somewhere in the middle, I'm going to put some effort into what am I going to do? What would my character do? But I kind of want to just get away from the situation and not deal with it. Yeah. Third response, if I'm actually actively engaged, I'm going to intentionally sabotage my ability to get away so I can continue, continue to, to interact. Yeah. yeah. I think that for me, the key in that example, and this is going to sound all douchey, touchy-feely, but basically, as the game master, you said to Wayne, not to Wayne's character, but as Dan to Wayne, you said, look, your involvement and your happiness matter, and I'm going to try to involve you, and if you want to be involved, great. If you don't, I'm going to take the hint. Yeah. If Wayne tells me he's got a headache, that's fine. I'll roll over and go to sleep. Oh, no, and you just... <laughs> Listen, <laughs> <laughs> don't go there, brother. Yeah. So uh, the headache uh, one is actually something we frequently see in games. Yeah. You know, at least one of our players has migraines sometimes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Jokes aside. Yeah. Actually, that is a real thing. And a bunch of f-ing intelligent, creative, depressed <laughs> motherfuckers. So. <laughs> All right, well, check it, monkeys. <laughs> check the show notes. There's going to be a, bu- a link to uh, David's show. Yeah. There's going to be a link to some other random stuff out there. Uh, we hit on a few things. So check the show notes for all of that. And once again, thank you, Josiah, very much yes. for this yes. uh, bourbon. We are mm. going to continue drinking this as we roll into a negative episode. And I don't know if Josiah is a backer or not, but he's he's going to get a copy of this right. negative episode. So thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great week and great games, and we will catch you next time. Yeah. This has been a production of Fear the Boot, copyright 2018. Listeners are free to use this episode in any non-commercial endeavor so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. Fear the Boot is also a member of the RPG Academy network of shows. You can find other great shows in this network at therpgacademy.com slash network.